Are you ready to turn your investments into retirement income? Listen in as Jeremy Kyle and his guests reveal ways you can make smarter retirement, investment, and tax planning decisions to achieve your ideal retirement. You will learn more about your money so you can feel better about your money and make better money decisions. Now, on to the show. Welcome to Retirement Revealed. I'm your host, Jeremy Kyle, and we're here to turn your retirement savings into a consistent income. Although we're not talking too much about savings and income today, we're talking about insurance. We've got Toby Hartman here with MM Insurance. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. I suppose you could save on your insurance and that gives you more income. So it, it's all relative. Right. It is. It's a give and take. Yeah, exactly. Good. Well, tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, live in Wisconsin, love the state and uh, love helping people really. And so any, I've always been told that you know, if you're a person that says, I'll take care of it, there'll always be a place in the world for you. And I just happened to find a niche in insurance and, you know, our paths crossed and I'm, I'm grateful to be on the show. So any way that I can help, help people, I'm happy to do so in life and in business, both. No, well, I think that's a great attitude to have. And you were not a founder of MM Insurance. How'd you get involved there? Yeah, you know, it's not it's not what you know, it's who you know, right? So I was in insurance working for a Fortune 1000 company early on in my career and wanted to, to step back from the corporate world and do something on my own. And I happened to find um, a business partner that had an agency in Wisconsin. And my, my father-in-law actually connected us. I think selfishly, he wanted his daughter back closer to home. You know, we were living in the Midwest and in Indiana before and He's like, you got to meet my insurance guy. He's a great guy. He's got an independent agency in Wisconsin, and I'd love for you to, to step back and link up with him. So I linked up with him and came up with a value proposition where I would help him out and help grow the business. And, and here we sit today, almost 15 years later. When you said family-owned, I think like everyone there is some sort of family member of somebody. <laughs> right, right. Yep. I got my sister. I got my business partner's uh, sister. 2.0. His first sister retired after 33 years. His father uh, was the original founder, and now my business partner's son is there. And we branched out a little bit further beyond that to some non-family members. But yes, there's there's uh, a lot of family over there. So we have the family dynamics and the business dynamics all molded into one. Yeah, that's good. Well, I mentioned insurance. I should probably mention what type of insurance. What type of insurance well, do you do? Well, what type do you want to buy today, Jeremy? I suppose, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, we do primarily business insurance, but we also you know, do home and auto, personal insurance, life insurance, disability for, for our customers. And uh, we'll advise people on who to call for health insurance and Medicare and supplements and stuff like that, but that's not, that's not what we focus on. Sure. Well, I think today we're going to focus on the home and auto type yeah. of insurance, the personal yeah. lines, I think, is mm -hmm. a, a term that's out there. Because yep. everyone's got a person, and yep. they all have home and auto needs. Not everyone has a business, but maybe we'll For touch sure. on a little bit about that. I think you mentioned that it's an independent insurance agency. What What's the difference there? Why sure. does that even matter? Yeah, sure. So two types of agencies. There's captive and uh, independent. Independent means you represent a bunch of different insurance companies. Most people know the state farms and the all states of the world, and they are captive agents. So you walk into their office, and if you want a proposal, you walk out with a proposal with their with their company's name at the top, State Farm, All State. That's it. In our office, we're going to look across the marketplace and work with other insurance companies that have open contracts, and we can represent. You know, we could sell you one company one year and another company another year. And we'll talk more about why I wouldn't do that, but 
basically we we work for you and not for the insurance company. Yeah, that makes sense. And probably a lot of great people at the the captive insurance agencies. But like you said, if you're trying to uh, save some money or find the best coverages, having different options, I'm sure is going to be a big help. For sure, for sure. And, you know, I came from the captive world. I worked for an awesome insurance company, uh, domiciled or, or headquartered in Minnesota, and they're a captive agent. So I only sold one type of paper is what they say back then. And I think it's it's a great world and a great product. Don't get me wrong, but in terms of my career goals and everything, I, I switched to the independent side. Yeah, makes a lot Just of sense. More in alignment with what I want. Yeah, it, it, it makes sense. If you're trying to help the client out, one way to help them out is find out what else is out there. And if you only have one option, you, you don't quite know what else is out there. Right, right. Yep. And, and time's valuable right now too, keep in mind. I mean, who's got extra time right now to shop with insurance agents and popping into offices and nobody wants to do that. People want to hop on the internet and find something and right. be done with it and think that it, and know that it's right. Yeah. Let's maybe talk about the internet. Cause we, we get that on our side where people say, well, I'll just go to the uh, internet brokers. They're cheaper. Yeah. And when it comes to life and health insurance, it's the same exact cost. It's just, they're paying the commission to the internet company as opposed to the, the local agent. Is right. that the same way in home and auto and things like that? Right, right. What, what's the phrase? 15% or more, or, uh, you know, shop Geico, you can say 15% or more, right? That's the ad on TV that yeah. you hear or the other insurance companies frustrate people because the ads are all over TV. You watch the box game earlier this week or any sporting event, you're going to see at least one insurance ad every, every time out. And so that frustrates people, but they're going to direct, they direct market to, to customers and they try to drive people to their website and, and cut guys out like me. And that's okay. People can do that. There's a spot in the marketplace for people that do that. But once you start spending four or five figures a year on insurance, you're like, I don't really want to buy it from the internet is mm -hmm. what we found. And so I, I definitely think if you're, if you're a young person and you just need a, a renter's policy and and you've got a used car and you're not really worried about it and you got to save every nickel because you're trying to save up for retirement or to max out your 401k or buy a house you don't you want to save every nickel and you may not be you may not have as much exposure as someone like yourself that owns a home multiple cars owns a business and you need someone to talk to yeah definitely well uh, let's talk about the home and auto like or even just as a personal, just a person, not a business owner, what type of insurance should you even have? Right. Okay. So everybody should have some personal liability. You hurt someone else. And I, and I apologize if I dork out on insurance here for a minute. <laughs> so stop me if it's too much. All right. But everyone needs personal liability. You hurt someone or you cause damage to someone else's property. So let's let's talk about a specific situation. Everybody knows what a car accident. You drive into somebody in a crosswalk or you drive into somebody's car. Those are both that's bodily injury to somebody else or property damage to somebody else's car. You need insurance for that. But what about when you your lawnmower breaks on a Saturday and you have a party and you're and you needed to borrow your neighbor's lawnmower for the weekend because yours broke. You borrow his and then you kick up a rock and hit a kid that's playing in your backyard with a rock. That's you injure another kid, uh, another person on your property with someone else's property that's not yours. That's a that's a messy situation. Now, depending on where you're using his lawnmower, whether it's on his property or yours, you could have a you could have a messy claim situation. People need to talk to somebody about something like that, and that only happens when. If you're renting an apartment, you're probably not worried about your lawnmower situation mm -hmm. or or what have you. But 
that's kind of the minimum that you need to have is is liability coverage. Now, what liability did, coverage that would be like on your home or on your auto, or is that separate? Right. So there's both policies would would respond. So the an auto would follow the car. So if you own a car, the insurance that you buy follows the car, and you need a home policy for that lawnmower example, and and somebody getting hurt on your property at home. So you you have a liability limit. Our office recommends half a million dollars as a minimum coverage limit on your home and on your auto, both matching. And then you don't, that's kind of the minimum place to start. Now, mm. if you go online and you're trying to shop rates online and they give you a drop down for auto limits, how do you know what's right? Yeah. <laughs> so those are conversations that we have with people. And just the older you get, the more the more wise consumer and buyer you become, especially as the dollars grow with that. And that's what we try to educate our customers on. Cause most people, they don't care. They care for like that, that half hour meeting with their insurance person or that half hour conversation. And then they forget about it for years potentially until something happens and a kid falls off their trampoline and breaks his arm. And now they've got an argument with their neighbor and the, the scenarios are endless. Just watch the farmers commercials on TV. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, the, uh, the trampoline thing hasn't happened yet, but I've got the trampoline in my yard. I got the uh, playground in my yard and I tell the neighbor's kids, Hey, come on over, have fun. You know, right. I don't care. Right. But then something happens. And so maybe the trampoline will go away at some point, but I've got a trampoline in my backyard. I think they're a lot safer with the nets now than when you and I were kids and we would do flips, you know, and end up in the grass. We're like, Oh, that hurt. I hope nobody saw that. <laughs> it's a little different nowadays and they're safer, but you know, everybody's got to, you got to be comfortable with the amount of risk you want to take on in life. Mm -hmm. And everybody's different in that regard. Yeah. Well, you mentioned adding on the liability or having at least the, the 500,000 minimum. What if you need more? How do you go about, uh, it's called umbrella insurance. Why, why do you, why is it even called umbrella? <laughs> yeah. Well, think about one of the insurance companies we represent is Travelers and their logo is the yeah, umbrella. Right. You've probably seen that before, right? On golf tournaments and stuff. So the umbrella is basically, uh, when you put an umbrella over your head, it's over the top of you and it's going to protect you from the top. So once you reach the top of your head, that's really your home and auto limits, that 500000 But if you have a claim that's really bad, you run into a school bus and cross a center line, something horrible, you may need more coverage than the $500,000 for the property damage you cause or the bodily injury. And that umbrella sits over the top of you, and that can be at increments of a million. Most people start at a million. could only be a couple hundred bucks a year in premium, but you can go 10, 20 million. We've got customers with $20 million umbrellas that are wealthy people that, that need that extra coverage and are concerned about a lawsuit. Yeah, I kind of figure your umbrella policy ought to be at least the size of whatever your net worth is. Does yeah. that sound about right? That's a good rule of thumb. Yeah, there you go. So once you get close to, you're approaching the million dollars worth of net worth, maybe go out and get a million dollars of umbrella. And then as you grow, hopefully you keep on growing, you end up buying more umbrella uh, insurance. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's good for your customers, good for mine. And it's, it's inexpensive coverage, you yeah. know? So if somebody has a million dollar home that we're insuring, we... I mean, 9.9 .9 times out of 10, they're buying at least a million dollar umbrella because that's not their only asset. It's Jeremy Kyle here, and I know you're listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast because you want to learn more about making great retirement decisions. I've created a free video course for you to do just that. Head over to 5stepretirementplan.com and sign up to receive this video training right in your email inbox. 
we broke down our five-step retirement plan into bite-sized videos so you can get started on the retirement, investment, and tax planning you need to create a consistent retirement income. Go to 5stepretirementplan.com, use the number or spell it out, you'll get there either way. 5stepretirementplan.com. Thanks for listening, and now for the rest of the show. Now we're talking on the, the upper limits. That's the, uh, what would you call it? The liability, What's what would that be called for the... Personal liability, the umbrella liability, yeah. yeah. So that's like the limits we're talking about. Then there's the other side of it, the kind of the, the beginning part, the deductible. Yep. What yep. what should people be looking for with that? Yeah. So, and it depends on the person, right? It's your threshold for pain in the event of a claim, is what I talk to people about. You spend a lot of time when you talked with people about saving for retirement and kind of the Dave Ramsey model, right, of having buckets and having uh, emergency funds and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Having a bucket set aside for your deductible is a great idea. And the bigger that bucket is, the higher the deductible can be so that when your wife gets in an accident and calls you, says, I got in an accident, you know the moment she calls that you're out the deductible. Let's say it's $1,000 on a vehicle. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the the median range of where we start because most people, if you bust a taillight or your bumper and nick the side of your car, and it's a thousand bucks or less. Most people pay that out of pocket and don't turn it in because they don't want their rates to go up. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows the insurance company always wins, and the rates are going to go up yeah. over time. And so I I always tell people you, you can have a two hundred and fifty dollar deductible, and maybe that makes you feel good that you're buying a Cadillac insurance policy. But if you have a five hundred dollar claim, you're really going to turn in a claim to get another two hundred fifty bucks. Most people don't do that, so why pay for it? Yeah, I think you were uh, going through my policy and looking through it, and we were just playing up and down to see if there's a $300 deductible versus a $1,000 deductible. And I think the difference was like $200 a year. So you're telling me, you said, okay, uh, do you want to pay $200 per year for this extra $700 of coverage? Unless you're in a car accident, once every three years, right. then, you, then you come out ahead. Yep. But if you're not in the car accident uh, once every three years, hopefully it's been never, but if it's every five or 10 years, you're actually losing. You're better off just taking that extra 200 bucks and saving it on up. Right. Now, after you make that change, hopefully you don't get in an accident the yeah, next of course. week. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens, right? Yep. <laughs> Murphy's Law. You got it. So uh, we've talked about these these liability limits and how they're important, and you want to generally match the home and auto and have 500000 minimum is what your recommendation is. I mean, 500000 that sounds like a lot of money. Like, that must mm-hmm. cost a lot. Right, but... I mean, what's that cost to buy a house right now? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, we just had a, a 25-year-old kid buy a duplex in Milwaukee, and he's got a vehicle. His The replacement cost on the home he bought, the duplex, is like three hundred grand. So I could sell him a $300,000 limit of insurance on his home, but it's it's maybe $20, $30 more a year to raise it to f- half a million. It yeah. just is, it's a no-brainer. Yeah, that's a, that's a small amount that you, you probably won't miss the $20 or $30 a year got a feeling you would miss the uh, $200,000 if a situation gets to that level. Right. And, you know, people may look at a proposal and be like, oh, this one's $40 different than this other one I got or 50 bucks. And I was talking to Carter, my sales guy, who's doing these home and auto quotes and turning around really quick for people the other day. And I'm like, people need to know the high level, but they also need to know that you've got their back and that the $20, $30 isn't really a big deal. And they should probably trust you to to make the decision and the recommendation and that's why we've got those minimum thresholds if somebody wants less than 500 sure we'll sell it do other agents sell them a hundred thousand dollar limits sure 
but it's just our practice because I don't want it. I don't want to be awake at night thinking about Jim down the street that we sold a policy to two weeks ago and us trying to save him twenty bucks about his liability limit and something happens. Yeah, I don't, I don't want that. Yeah, I believe it. And speaking of limits too, you were showing me earlier that there's these state minimums and it's almost like a default when you go online or you're trying to get a policy just to say, well, just get whatever the, the government requires you to. <laughs> right. Is that a good idea? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll let you, your listeners answer that one. No, it's, uh, the state minimums is not where you want to end up. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too, because I think uh, well, we're in Wisconsin. Is what would that minimum be? Is it? I think it's fifty thousand. Okay, yeah. So we were looking and saying uh, fifty thousand state minimum. Two cars. I've got two cars, two drivers. Change it from that to the actual million dollar maximum. It was like eight bucks a month or something. Right. Like that's just a small difference right. uh, in premium for actually getting the the maximum coverage that was even allowed by the insurance company. Sure, sure. And try and if you rear end a vehicle, let's say you rear ended a Cadillac or a Mercedes. Is that car worth more than fifty grand? And what what are the odds if you get in a really bad accident, you're going to total that thing, and then your limits are going to be exhausted at fifty thousand? Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness, for sure. Well, good. All right, deductibles, minimums, liabilities. When you're you've reviewed, I'm sure hundreds of thousands of maybe policies. not thousands, but hundreds at least for hundreds. Sure. All right, yeah, at least right. hundreds of, of policies. What are people usually missing? Like, what is what are the things that they're almost always not having correct in there? Yep, I would say. Number one is the limits that we talked about. Number two is they're paying for the deductible that's too low, and they would never turn in a claim for three hundred dollars, and they have or five hundred dollars, and they have a two hundred fifty dollar deductible. So they're overpaying premiums based on limits and deductibles. That's number one. Number two is home value replacement cost. Your home right now, you may have bought a home for half a million dollars, but in today's world, it costs seven hundred fifty thousand to rebuild it and you've got it insured for 500. You have a claim you're going to have a problem on the claim side. Jewelry is a big one. Most people have wedding rings or what have you that aren't insured appropriately and it's always too late when they call. It's like right. my wife lost her wedding ring and we got to get a new one. I'm like, "Well, you didn't have it scheduled." And we yeah. you know, that that's a common one. And then water backup is probably the the other one. So if you have water back up in your basement that you finish and you've got a movie theater down there or you've got it carpeted in a playroom for your kids and you get water coming up through the sump crack that that coverage limit is often omitted on the policies that we see that are kind of that instant issue online type stuff right yeah i don't know what it is about uh, our neighborhood where we live or just our community allegedly it's a high water table but once a year it rains too much and then everyone on Facebook complains about how their basement gets flooded. Then about three days later, they complain that their insurance company doesn't cover their basement being flooded and they're entirely mad at the insurance company. And I'm thinking, as far as I know, it's like 10 or 20 bucks a year. I mean, it's not even that much. Yeah, it's more than 10 or 20 bucks. Okay. It's probably Maybe like, a month. yeah, right, a month. Okay. Sure, yep. sure, yeah, 150 bucks a year probably is to have the water backup coverage. Well, keep in mind, it's not flood. So flood is a totally different yeah. subject and probably it, we could do a whole podcast on flood insurance next time if you really wanted to. But flood would mean water coming in from the top, like okay. on the first floor. This water backup is coming up from the floor of your basement. Yeah. I think it's a sump pump failure Correct. and water backup because it could be the sewer having an issue. It's either or. or. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's that's an easy one to add on there, yeah. especially if you... You sound like one that's had experience with I this. have <laughs> had experience with it. And so part of me hates when the uh, the 
there's too much rain and then once a year the water gets in there other part of me is like well at least i knew i had the insurance ahead of time and i started out that way i didn't have a bad claim yeah. or didn't have a, a problem thankfully i i knew good people that told me to get into the uh, the sump pump and the water backup part of it good well another thing i think uh you're sharing with me earlier when we were talking that a lot of people look at this thing called uninsured motorist and then they forget that there's another part called underinsured mm-hmm yeah. Why is there two different ones? <laughs> right. UM and UIM are the, oh, okay. are the acronyms, right? Uninsured and underinsured. So usually the bad claims that happen in urban areas involve vehicles that don't have insurance on mm-hmm. them. Stolen vehicle or anything like that. Or so let's talk about the uninsured motorist first. You're driving your family down to downtown to have dinner and somebody hits you and and hit a hit and run, okay? hit your vehicle you got damaged to your vehicle let's say no one got hurt in that instance you've got coverage on your vehicle for both the property damage to your car and if people got hurt in your vehicle regardless of if you can track down who that other party was so that's that's an uninsured motorist claim regardless of hit and run or if they stayed on site they don't have insurance you do so you're actually part of your policy covers somebody else not having coverage now the opposite side of that that you said most people don't know about underinsured motorist is somebody that's got those low limits that you talked about. They bought their policy online. They didn't get any advice. They've got $50,000 or $100,000 limits of insurance and they hurt somebody in your car and you've got a $200,000 medical bill. Well, if their limits at 50, you've got $150,000 of gap. Mm-hmm. That gap is picked up by your underinsured motorist part of your coverage. Gotcha. Yep. You're uh, sharing with me that you see all the time where it's you you are pretty well covered with uninsured, but somehow you missed to click that box when you're going through and saying underinsured. Yeah, you right. think the insurance company should just make them the same, right? And or you click the little like question mark box uh, that's next to it. It's like, what is underinsured motorist? You click yeah. it and you read it. And you're like, wow, that's some jargon. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't. I don't need that. Yeah. Yep. So I'm imagining whatever you have for uninsured, you'd probably want that liability for underinsured as well too. Correct. You want those limits to match. Yep. Got it. Good. Well, we've talked about a whole lot of stuff. What else should we know? Well, you know, I don't want your listeners to tune out because, you know, insurance is boring. People don't like it. People usually a bad. If you ask somebody, you know, you, you do an interview with someone and you say, I say the word insurance. What do you think about? Somebody will give you a blink response. And it's usually like a horrible claim, uh, right. insurance situation that happened to them. Mm-hmm. So I don't want people to tune out. But, you know, if in the end, find someone in your in your either community or in your network, right? All of our networks are so, we can live five states away from somebody and know them better than we know the guy down the street in Mm -hmm. today's world. So find somebody you know and you can trust and talk to them about your concerns about insurance and take the information from this podcast or whatever else you can find online and uh, and educate yourself. But you you gotta buy it from somebody you trust is really what it comes down to because you know, my career depends on people trusting me with what I'm telling them and what they're covered for and what they're not covered for. And ultimately, people get to decide, do they want to roll the dice with low limits or having a trampoline or having a high deductible? I mean, people get to choose. That's the, that's the beauty of it. Yep. And you got to have it. So you yeah. might as well find somebody to work with that you like. Exactly. Awesome. All right. So everyone out there, uh, go find an independent insurance agent. If you're thinking that independent insurance agent might be Toby or MM Insurance, how do we get a hold of you? Yeah. You, we've got a, a new website, mminsuranceassociates.com. A little bit of a long uh, URL, but you can find us. We're in New Berlin, Wisconsin. And 
be glad to help you that way. You can actually get a quote on our website, filling out a couple links right there, or you can always call Jeremy and he can track me down. Perfect. Yeah. Or offices are right next door to each other. So. Right. And, and you know, I got a great team of people, so you might not get me, but you'll get somebody on my yeah. team. Including your sister's dog is there helping out. That's right. Probably in charge of claims. That's she is. She's in charge of uh, people's satisfaction, Excellent. right? Yeah, that's a dog's job. It's just a, it's their only job is to sleep and to make people happy. I love it. Good. Awesome. Well, thanks Toby for coming on the show. Yeah. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. You got it. And thanks for listening to the Retirement Reveal Podcast. We believe if you know more about your money, You'll feel better about your money and you will make better money decisions. Thank you for listening to the Retirement Revealed Podcast. Click on the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. Visit retirement-revealed.com to learn more. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Kyle Financial Partners. Kyle Financial Partners does not provide legal, accounting, or tax advice. Consult your attorney or tax professional. Representatives have general knowledge of the Social Security tenants. For complete details on your situation, contact the Social Security Administration. Kyle Financial Partners is a part of the Thrivent Advisor Network, a registered investment advisor. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.